0: All right, dads, it is time for another Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Joining me today is former Navy SEAL and bestselling author Tom Shea. Tom is a decorated combat veteran. He'll be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. I know there are many Navy SEAL books out there, and I have read just about all of them. Tom's book, Unbreakable, and Navy SEAL's Way of Life stands out among them all. It is one of the few that I have read more than once. He wrote the book originally for his wife and kids just in case he died in combat, which you'll hear him talk about in just a few minutes here. But it is his philosophy of self-talk, which he calls inner dialogue, that is most intriguing. If you have ever read the book As a Man Thinketh by James Allen, then you're going to love Tom's book. And if you apply the principles of watching your inner dialogue, you'll be just amazed by the results. And I can only speak for myself, but many people have reached out to me over the last year asking me how I've been able to book so many incredible guests on my podcast. And 99% of what I am doing is applying the principles not only of Tom Shay's book, but of other great personal development thought leaders as well. And I truly believe that if you can change the inner conversations in your mind you can change the outer circumstances of your world. And the results for me over the last year and a half have been staggering. So far in 2019 alone, I've been at the Super Bowl in front of Tom Brady, asking him questions about fatherhood. I've been in front of the President of the United States, trying to ask him questions. I've also been interviewed on Fox and Friends. And I have spoken to so many very famous people, all who have called me on my cell phone. So needless to say, I highly recommend picking up a copy of Tom Shea's book. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. Next week, you guys are in for a real treat. I have five new episodes coming at you, and each one is a banger, including a multi-million dollar entrepreneur, a celebrity chef, a Green Beret, an NFL Hall of Famer, and of course, another Navy SEAL. Follow me on Instagram for that lineup and all of my upcoming guest announcements. October is shaping up to be one of the biggest months that I've ever had on the podcast here, so lock it in, and please, be sure you are telling every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list about the show that is celebrating fatherhood and family life, Fatherhood Rocks. Family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me, and I'm going to be right back with former Navy SEAL Tom Shea. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads. First Class Fatherhood is being brought to you today by Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming, Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels they sent me their lawnmower 2.0 and I wish they had something like this years ago I can't tell you how many times I've nicked my nuggets in the shower while shaving and you definitely don't want to be using the same razor on your face that you're using down there on the two amigos the lawnmower 2.0 is an electric trimmer with skin safe technology it's waterproof so you can use it in the shower so let's go dads right now first class fatherhood listeners are getting 20% off their entire order plus free shipping by using the promo code FATHER. Go to manscaped.com, enter the promo code FATHER at the checkout, save 20% off, and get free shipping. Manscaped.com, promo code FATHER. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He is a decorated combat veteran, retired Navy SEAL, and best-selling author. He has earned the Silver Star, Bronze Star for Valor, and multiple Commendation Medals for Valor. It is a huge honor for me to say, Tom Shea, welcome to First Class Fatherhood.
1: Well, welcome, or welcome all the people that are listening, and thanks, Alex, for letting me be
2: on. All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have, and how old are they?
1: Well, I have 3 kids from 2 different marriages. Uh my our oldest daughter is 22 and she's in her senior year at West Point. And my middle boy is 19 and uh he's senior year in high school. My youngest is 13.
2: Wow, okay, yeah, very cool. What type of sports or activities are they all into?
1: All of them. My daughter was a uh, All-State and All-American lacrosse player, and she's on the uh, marathon team up at West Point, and she made All-American last year, and my son is uh, plays football, and last year they are in the state finals, and my young boy is just now getting into the point where I'm allowing him to be in sport because he's going through puberty.
2: Yeah, and my oldest is actually 13. I have four myself, so my oldest is 13, so I'm right there at that end of it. Yep. Uh, do you get involved with coaching at all time, or you enjoy all that stuff from the sideline?
1: I did with my daughter because when I retired, I had a little more time on my hands, so I helped coach uh, for a year in lacrosse. And uh, now I don't have as much time, but I go to as many games as I can.
2: Okay, very cool. If you could, Tom, just take a minute here, please, to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background.
1: Let's see. I uh, I spent 23 years in the SEAL teams, and uh, I retired about six years ago, and I wrote a book to my wife and kids while I was in combat, and the book is entitled Unbreakable and Navy SEALs, A Way of Life, and it's been out for about six years now. And I run a business where we help, we invest and in help leaders turn around companies.
2: Yeah, and thank you for your service, Tom. And about how old were you when you first became a dad? And how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life?
1: Well, I said 22 years ago, and I'm 51.
2: I can't do the math.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I was a, a little older. I had made it through seal training, I think I was around twenty eight or twenty nine and uh you know, I was at my first seal team at seal team two, and we had our daughter autumn and uh it was uh it, it became a second job and I didn't realize that until little baby autumn came out, and I realized that uh i, I had to actually be better at home than I uh, was at work. That's my answer, and I'm sticking to it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible to think of what you guys have to do in order to split, you know, that kind of career with family life. Um, and, and, and your book, you know, Unbreakable, The Navy SEAL's Way of Life, was originally intended only for your wife and kids to read, but what made you decide to publish it?
1: Well, I didn't. Uh, I, when I was in the SEAL teams, I was very private, and I was one of those SEALs that thought books were uh, not what the SEALs should put out. And when I retired, my wife got it got a, the book that I wrote for my kids edited into professionally edited and got it passed through the Navy uh, you know chain of command and. She said, you know, you mind if I put this up on Amazon? And you got to realize SEALs don't know anything about that. I didn't know anything from Amazon to Facebook to LinkedIn or anything. And so she, I said, yeah, whatever. Nobody's going to read it anyway. And so she put it up on Amazon, and within two months, it was a national bestseller.
2: <laughs> yeah, incredible. And I love the philosophy of leading with language. Uh, and I know that kids, you know, they're sponges, and they believe what we tell them. At what point in all, and we were all there at one point, so at what point do we really stop listening to others and start listening to our own inner voice?
1: Uh, Well, I don't think we ever listen to others. I think we always just listen to our own little voice, but we don't recognize it as our own. And, uh, you know, putting a lot of, of educated effort into it and interviewing thousands of people over the past, 28 or 29 years, the human condition is based on the premise that the environment impacts you, but uh, what you find out is we are the key to our own environment, and kids don't really listen to other people. They listen to how they interpret other people, and that, like we were talking offline, that what I call internal dialogue, that's how they process their environment. They say things are good. They say things are bad. Mommy yells at me and doesn't spank me, so I'm going to keep doing it. Dad doesn't yell and spanks me, so i got to be careful with Dad and all that other stuff. So they process by their interpretation, and humans have a hard time listening to what other people's interpretation is, believe it or not.
2: Yeah, and it's like I said, I, it's incredible because I have four kids, like I said, and, it's, and, and certain ones, they learn different ways. Like one, you know, I could tell him, hey, don't touch that stove. It's hot, and he won't do it. The other one will not listen until he touches the stove and burns himself, and then he'll figure it out, you know?
1: Yeah, one of the things what we learned in SEAL training is it's not what you're teaching somebody, it's how they're learning. And every SEAL learns differently. And uh, it becomes a great environment to test the theory of how, you know, how humans learn. And you got to keep figuring out how somebody is learning what you're trying to teach them. And, you know, obviously in sil training it's learned through pain, which is a great teacher. And how people interpret their environment or pain really makes a huge difference. And with kids, like you're the one that knows what they're you tell them to do as opposed to, the, you know, the one that has to prove it to themselves, it's how they're processing things. And when you recognize everybody processes it differently, it actually allows you as a parent to understand your kids a lot,
2: you know, I guess, better. Yeah, yeah, well said. And how much of an impact, Tom, do video games, music that we listen to, movies that we watch, how much of an impact does that have on our inner dialogue? With
1: somebody else helping you process your environment. The the interesting thing, you know, because I spent around 2,000 hours in combat in my career. And how I look at it video, like, you know, Gears of War, those killing video games, because my kids are going through that now, is uh, I have a different interpretation of shooting and being shot at. And... Like my youngest son Chance, he uh he'll he'll shoot a lot of things in the video game and don't realize what's happening. And he'll die about a thousand times. And I said, Chance, you know that you know you know what you're doing there. He goes, No, it's fun. He goes, Why don't you want to play dad? I said, Because it's not fun. It's serious. And but so the video game world has created a a a way for kids to not process reality very well.
2: It's just scary. Yeah, it is. And I know especially that Fortnite game has taken on, a, you know, it's kind of blew up too. So I've been dealing with that myself. But we don't allow them during the school year here to play them at all. It's gotten to that point. Um, no. And and how could, how could we kind of um, uh, turn around the mindset as parents, you, you know, Tom, of our kids when you have a son or a daughter that feels like, uh, they can't or that they're not good enough. How can we as parents get them to start believing in themselves?
0: All right, dads, the NFL season is now upon us, and the Major League Baseball season is winding down. There is no better time to take your kids to the ball game. and First Class Fatherhood listeners can save $20 off their tickets on SeatGeek.com by using my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, firstclass Maybe you want to see a concert or a Broadway show. Save 20 bucks on the tickets on SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. It's a slam dunk deal, dads. SeatGeek.com, promo code FIRSTCLASS. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house. And
2: how could, how could we kind of um, uh, turn around the mindset as parents, you, you know, Tom, of our kids when you have a son or a daughter that feels like, uh, they can't, or that they're not good enough. How can we, as parents, get them to start believing in themselves?
1: Ah, uh, uh, that's a beautiful question. Uh, the most of the issues that any generation has is indicative of the time that the parents spend or don't spend with their kids. The more time parent spends with the kids. The better the kid is no matter what and for some reason the generation like the millennial generation has grown up without a lot of great oversight of parents i hate to say that but it's you know it's just call them the spade a spade you have to do things with your kids and you have to do relatively hard things with your kids you got to let your kids stumble and fall and hurt their knee and you have to you have to actually let them get bullied, and let them face the bully. And you gotta you know, actually tell kids what's good and bad. Well, the environment around them is going to tell them what's good or bad. Fortnite is going to tell them what's good or bad, or whatever you know movie that you're not watching with the kid. And they're interpreting that as reality, and uh, it, it may not be a great thing for kids to have without oversight of parents that give a shit.
2: Yeah, and I speak about it all the time on this podcast, uh, Tom, about the fatherless crisis that we have. So far too many kids are growing up without a father in a home, and, and that's become kind of like uh, the normal now of our of our country, of our society, is, uh, you know, single-parent households. Is, is there such a thing... Uh, in your opinion, like a, as a collective inner dialogue of a nation, uh, and, and is that something that could be uh, turned around—the uh, way a nation sees itself?
1: Wow, that's just a lot of questions to ask. I don't know if there's an easy way to answer all those. I—I uh, I think it's a responsibility of the nation, if you will. Like I wouldn't even know what the nation is. Like I, you know, people ask. I don't mean to get off track, but people ask. You know, you know. Thank you for your service, is what you said. I don't remember serving the nation. I was only working with two or three other guys around me the whole time. And this concept of the nation is a very hard concept for me to grasp. The nation maybe is built of people, and those people are having babies. It's responsible. It's it's the key responsibility of The parents to raise their kids. It's not the responsibility of the nation. Don't give it to the government to solve it because it won't be able to solve it. It has to be the parents. And I, you know, I I will admit, you know, I went through a lot of tough times. And like you said offline, you've gone through tough times. Uh, the toughest job that you have in your life is being a parent. 'cause it's trying to wrap your hands around smoke. It never seems to be working out, but you gotta keep after it for thirty years. If like you don't really ever stop being a parent. But you're you're it gets easier at the thirty year mark because they've stumbled and you've picked them up so many times, the next time they stumble they don't need you at about thirty years. And but most parents don't have that proclivity or they think that, you know, you just have a baby and then you leave. Or since it's tough, I can find a way out. That little kid requires 30 years of attention. Maybe that's what the nation should be telling everybody.
2: Yeah, I I agree, Tom. And and why do you think it is that, like, inner dialogue, self-talk is not taught in our school systems, and do you think it should be?
1: Uh, it's because responsibility is not being taught. Uh, and, and you look at the – it's kind of sad. In the SEAL teams, the only thing you learn is responsibility. If something happened within uh, 10 miles of you, it was your problem. So take responsibility for it and solve it. So in various communities, responsibility, which is the inner, in the inner internal dialogue called it's up to me, I can't be the victim of something. In our society, it seems, I didn't notice it until I got out, If everybody wants to blame somebody else or not take responsibility for anything. If you imagine somebody asking for money when they didn't earn it. And that seems to be the flavor of the day is if you're a victim and it's not my responsibility that something happened me or to somebody else. Like, You know, how you coped with all your stuff that we were talking about offline, eventually you got, oh shit, it was me. I'm the one that did that. I can change myself if I want to and I have to then put the effort into doing it. Now, I don't, the reason, one of the reasons why that's not being taught is because if everybody was responsible, there wouldn't be, there wouldn't need to be such a big government. Running anything,
2: yeah. And so it, that's
1: why that's why it's not being taught.
2: Yeah, and and this it seems like there's uh so so many issues right now with the way the education system is working. But I think for myself, just speaking for myself, the the bit, one of the biggest breakthroughs or turnarounds that I had was realizing that you know the the biggest determining factor in how my life is turning out it has nothing to do with the economy or politics or anything. It has to do with my philosophy and my belief system. Yep hundred um, percent. And, and now...
1: They can turn themselves around in five seconds if they take responsibility
2: for it. Yeah, very well said. And, and, and have your older kids, your 22-year-old and your 19-year-old, have they read the book yet? Uh, or uh, would you feel comfortable with them reading the book?
1: Oh, yeah. they. Uh, my daughter read it, and she has a hard time reading it again because now that she's in the military, she has a more... A, deeper context of what I was writing about, and uh, my 19-year-old uh, has read it. My 13-year-old looks at it, and it's like, Dad, you didn't write that. <laughs> like, I think I did. And it's, But he, he kind of plays with it and makes notes in it, and uh, there'll be a time when it'll make sense to him.
2: Yeah, well, I'll definitely be including a a link in the description of this podcast episode, so my listeners can just tap the link and get over there and check it out. What's next for you, Tom? What kind of goals or plans do you have here for yourself in the future?
1: Well, I'm about three quarters of the way through the next book, and we're beginning to uh, get publishers interested in it. And uh, I, health-wise, I'm doing pretty good. I run ultra marathons. I, here, you know, here's what you're talking about, internal dialogue, how you can turn something around. I'd had so many accidents in the SEAL teams, a bunch of helo crashes and broken ribs. And I went to the doctor and the doctor said, uh, you're running days are over. And I went out and signed up for a ultra marathon And I didn't have the ability to run more than 20 minutes. And that was in 2013. And I've run... 15, 50-mile or more races since then. Wow. And that's the effect of, you know, mindset and process and to work it out, taking responsibility for my
2: own. Yeah, that, that's amazing, Tom, and it, it's really a true testimony to what, um, you know, the inner dialogue and what you preach and talk about it is really all about here.
1: Yeah, and uh, and just so as a business, uh, I train clients, through a a nine-month process and i'm ramping that up now that the
2: book is about
1: complete and but that's what i do
2: yeah very cool all right last thing i'm going to hit you with here tom i love to ask all the dads that i get on the podcast here what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening
1: (sighs) protect your wife that's your job For the first year, your job is to protect your wife. She raises the kid the first year. You're just somebody there to keep everything, all the wheels on the car, so to speak, and your job in the first year as a dad is to protect your wife, not raise your kid. All you're doing is you're a helper. If you can figure that out, take responsibility for that, you will win.
2: Yeah, very well said, Tom. I love the advice. This has been an honor for me. I say you're a first-class father all the way, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood.
1: Well, thanks, Alec. Appreciate it.
0: Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Tom Shea for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's podcast episode. I always love to hear your feedback. Lock it in next week. Five bangers coming your way, highlighted by one of the greatest NFL players to ever play the game, NFL Hall of Fame wide receiver and Heisman Trophy winner, Tim Brown will be joining me here. I hope you enjoyed all the action this week. If not, take a chance over the weekend and go back and listen to some of the episodes you may have missed out on. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.